We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Yay, podcasting! G'day! We're here. Yep. And uh, today's topic is uh, all about uh, Australia, and uh, the uh, expert that we have on this is the only Australian I know. Uh, Please welcome, oops, please welcome Virginia. Thank you. Thank you, my friends. So, um, I was uh, thinking about this, that really the only reference Americans have... Uh, for Australia is Paul Hogan, Men at Work. That's it. That's all we know about Australia. That's it? Yep. What about, um, what's his face? The crocodile dude that got killed. Oh, what's Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin, yeah. When, yeah. I, when I first moved here, that's all, all any, anyone ever asked me about. Do you, know, do you know Steve Irwin? When I first moved here, I didn't know who the fuck Steve Irwin was. Well... You know, I think we knew of him, but his his TV show was so travel oriented that uh, you know it was always like we never really saw him in Australia all that much, so we never really got a sense of it. You know, I mean, Men at Work, we you know Vegemite, and uh, you know the Land Down Under. You know, it was really you know it was in the songs. It was everything that they did. You know, Steve Irwin was just like. Poke it with a stick. <laughs> I mean, that was the most Steve Irwin ever did. Well, and the crikey. Oh, yes. And crikey. And the crikey. Yeah. Crikey, poke it with a stick. All right. So crikey is an abbreviation of the full uh, exclamatory term and or phrase. Would you like to know the complete phrase? I'm dying to know. All right. So, crikey is the abbreviated form for when something happens that you just couldn't possibly get the whole thing out, right? But when something is astounding and it has taken you back in such a manner that you need to verbalize just a little bit more, you can say, crikey, bloody Charlie, strike me pink with a blue bag. Did not see that fucking coming. I mean, that little bit on the end there was just to give it some context. Right. right. Well, I, think, I think you have to have it. You can't just do all that just by itself. Exactly. So, um, okay, so it, it, is, it is something that people say all the time in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, a lot of stuff gets out, uh, you know, culturally from different countries and whatnot. And it turns out they don't really say that all that much or... You know, it's just uh, like evening governor. Like, do, do people in England really say that? Oh, no, this is great. I think they oh, do. This is fantastic because you actually lived in England for uh, a number of years. I've lived there twice. The first time was for just a little bit over six to eight months. And the second time was about four years. Yeah, perfect. Oh, this is going to be great because now you can offer juxtaposition. Between the two, because I think I think Americans get a lot of, you know, sort of phrases and and um, and uh, things sort of confused between the two a lot as well. This is true. Fantastic. This okay. is true. 
All right. Well, now we've covered crikey. Good. What other good Australian expressions should we be using? Um, well, the the good old g'day. I mean, that's actually said. All right. It's it's a greeting. It's not made up. Um, I just needed to get that out of the way. Right. But the other uh, favorite word I love to teach the Yanks is the word dag. D-A-G. And that means? It's an old bushy term for a piece of shit hanging off a sheep's bum. (laughs) All right. And a bushy is a? Uh, Somebody that hangs out in the bush. (laughs) Okay. So to speak. So what what Americans would call aboriginal? No. um... (laughs) This is a sheep farm? Maybe like a cowboy. Okay. Or a sheep boy. Right. You know, somebody who uh, is uh, works with sheep is a sheep herder. Herder, right. yes. Yeah, somebody who works out in the bush with sheep and whatnot. So dag is used. It can be used. It, it describes somebody who's kind of da- daggy, sort of corny and nerdy. And it can be used twofold. It can be used as a term of endearment or in a derogatory manner. Uh-huh. So, if my best mate was to get kind of sappy and corny on me about what a good mate, good mates we are, you know? Right. You're my mate. Put my life on the line for my mate. <laughs> and, he starts, and he starts to tear up a little Just bit. Just to tear up a little bit, I'm going to go, jeez, mate, stop being such a dag. Oh, fucking dag. Nice. Term of endearment. Right. You're you're putting him down, but he still knows you love him. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to fight him yet. Not yet. Not yet. That's coming. No. Uh, If he continues to cry, he's going to need the punch in the arm. Exactly. And I'll punch in the face. Fuck that. Jesus. (laughs) Why'd you hit him? He was crying. Oh, Oh, no worries. We understand. Yeah. So then, so that's the term of endearment, not to be confused with the put down. Um, when somebody is just creepily and pathetically nerdy and just intolerable, such a dag fuck. The guy who is giving you a hard time about, you know, your, the dress code at work or something. Yes. Fucking dag. Dag. Fucking dag. I mean, look at him. Fuck! Dag. Now, the other problem I'm realizing is, even though um, Paul Hogan is the only other frame of reference we have, mm. you are now the only other frame of reference I have. <laughs> so now I, I'm going to have to go out and find yet another frame of reference to see if I can triangulate all of these terms and make sure they're all real. Because I don't know, you could just be making stuff up at this point. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the one I learned um, from the only other Australian I ever met, the only Aussie, I can call you Aussies? Yeah, yes, okay. yes you can. Good. The only other Aussie I ever met, um, she taught me uh, no worries. Yes, so you, what do you know about no worries? Um, and, well, it's, um, you know, so you, uh, you know, you step on somebody's foot while you're <laughs> making your way to the bathroom and you go, oh, sorry. And then they go, ah, no worries. No worries. Yeah. Uh, well, Australians like to abbreviate everything. So uh, to really distinguish that from, because the, the Yanks like to say no worries a little bit. I think they're trying to steal that from us. They're trying to like adopt a little bit more of a laid back lifestyle. I like it. I think it's damn cool. So you're, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. So 
to distinguish ourselves yet again, we like to shorten everything. So, oh. true blue, dinky dye, rigid Australian would say, no walkers, mate. No walkers. It's all right. Walkers. No walkers. Walkers. W-U-C-C-A apostrophe S. Walkers. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Go back a second. Yes. You said... What true blue ridgy ditch dinky die? <laughs> wow, this That's language all of that means authentic. This is this language is getting harder the more I learn of it. You know, normally I, I think at some point it's got to get easier, but Sorry. I don't think so. The more beer we drink, the easier it'll get. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We have to alert the people. Yes, this is another drinking podcast. I guess this is sort of the theme: is when we have guests, we drink, and especially. <laughs> and speaking of uh, abbreviations. This will be the Tralia podcast, (laughs) just because it needs to be abbreviated somewhere. Not the Aussie podcast. No, no. No. Tralia. Tralia. (laughs) Um, So, so, so is the, is the digi a didgeridoo? Uh, It's, yes, it's a reference. Okay. It's a reference. It's acknowledging our indigenous peoples and their culture. This is the didgeridoo. Both the hardest, most ridiculous instrument and the easiest instrument all at the same time. It's really quite amazing because there's no no there's no notes. It's no. Well, it, uh, who knows? Well, there is if you get you have to. Though this is the other thing is you have to travel with because the note is the length of the pipe. Like there's no finger holes on them or anything. It's just you want a different note, you got to get a shorter termite or, stick or you you change the shape of your mouth it's all about how you move your yeah, mouth as in there, in the instrument itself there is a little bit of that but it's really not like i mean there's no you know you don't play a melody on the thing it's just and then and then i've heard a, a one guy who likes to go Woo! in the middle of it so, yeah oh yeah yeah oh they do many of them yes yeah so it's it's like a trill. It's 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 a it's a display of your expertise. But the craziest thing, and for for people who have never heard this, um, you have to do. It's re- part of the instrument required is circular breathing. Yes, which is damn hard. It's a metaphysical instrument. Holy cow! You gotta you puff out your cheeks. And you're using that to blow out the air, but then you're inhaling through your nose at the same time you're blowing out so you can fill up your lungs. It's like, what? It's like a blowjob! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. It's this enormous <laughs> stick in your mouth <laughs> that you just try not to choke on. And you've got to keep breathing somehow. Somehow hey, keep breathing. yeah. yeah. I don't know, but maybe only men are allowed to play the instrument because it's the women's like, you know, you want it. You want this sunshine? <laughs> you need to know what it's like. Yeah. Suck on this big stick for a while and try to keep breathing. God damn it. You know, that's a good point. I don't think I've ever seen a woman play the didgeridoo. Uh, uh, neither have I. Yeah. <laughs> and it's you got to be really comfortable with yourself as a dude to say i'm gonna just grab hold of both hands and just start blowing just go and and not think anything and of it make those noises yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh any other good uh, uh slang terminology you don't have to come up with them right now you know but if there's any off the top of your head that that jumps in there yeah yeah, yeah. 
Oh, well, one of my favourite words is uh, drongo. Uh-huh. I've rediscovered this word again in teaching it to other Yanks. And uh, it's it's a special word. Um, it describes just a real idiot, a drongo. I mean, once you know that it's describing somebody that's just an idiot and a moron, I think the sound of the word actually paints the picture for you. Yeah. It sounds very uh, drongo, self-describing. Yeah, drongo. I mean, cause just just think of the picture that forms in your mind when you say to somebody, "Oh my god, take a look at that drongo." <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I heard. <laughs> wow, and this is only our first beer, too. <laughs> It's only getting better from it's here. It's only getting better. Uh, I heard from the, from this other woman that uh, uh, Americans are referred to as slangs for, like, septic systems yeah. or toilets or something. You must have heard that from me. Maybe. <laughs> but they're called, like, like seppos. Seppos. Right. right. If you, which I believe you are, are an American. Yes, I am. Right. We would then call you a yank, Right. Okay. Right? All right. Because you're a yank. Sure. And yank rhymes with tank. Right. Septic tank. Seppo. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sure. You can see the connection. Yeah, totally. It's obvious once you know it's there. Right. Right. (laughs) Like the apples and pears. Exactly. Sure. So now we've moved on uh, in our beer selection, probably downhill. Uh, we are now drinking the uh, National uh, American Pretend Beer of Australia, Foster's. Oh, well, listen to that. Beer out of a can. You might. Mm, I haven't had beer out of a can in 10 years, easily. Shall we try it? All right. Cheers. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Mm. Hey, wait. Don't the Australians have some, some sort of thing? Up your bum. Okay, up yeah, your bum. Up your bum. Nice. I think you might be doing it wrong, mm. but all right. Mm. Oh, yeah. It tastes like crap. <laughs> it tastes like aluminium. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it kind of tastes like beer mixed with like cream soda. Yeah, and aluminium. <laughs> so we're drinking this Foster's Premium Ale. It's in a gold and green can, and the can is huge. Right. I mean, the two of us look like we're kind of like dwarf-like <laughs> yeah. holding these things. Right. Okay, so... Uh, my thought process in buying this, I went down to BevMo. I can sometimes have a good selection of Australian beers. But today they didn't. <clears throat> um, and I saw this and I thought, maybe, maybe this is Foster's attempt to market VB, which is Victorian Bitter, which is made by the same company, a beer I would be seen drinking in a pub in Australia. I wouldn't be seen dead drinking Fosters in Australia. Good tourist note. <laughs> right. Tourists, if you don't want to look like tourists, don't get don't. the Fosters. So I, I thought I could get these. And then I also got some Coopers, Stout, which is all they had left. And as I got back to my car, I put the six-pack of Stout and the two big cans of green and gold beer into my truck. And I thought the true Australian in me looked at the quantity of beer and went, that's just not enough beer. <laughs> What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I remembered, I'm going to an American's house. It'll be all right. He has beer. 
Yes. I'm not taking this beer on a desert island tour (laughs) where it's just me and my beer. I'm like, there's going to be possibly three adults. How many cats? And a dog in the house. This is just not enough beer. Now, this stereotype, totally true. Mm. Australians love their beer. Yes. Would you say they love it more, even more than Americans love their beer? Yes. I feel like Australians can put it away even more, I would say, on average. I mean, sure, there's the occasional drunken mess in America that can, but I would say on average, you know. Yes. But you say, oh, no, this is an interesting thing, too, is you said Uh, the Foster's novelty can size is only in America. Yes. Yes, yes, and England, in England really? as well. They're huge. They have these ginormous cans. And in Australia, Foster's is only found in bottle shops in the regular-sized can. And if you're at the pub drinking it, you're drinking it either as a schooner or a midi. Midi if you're a wuss, schooner if you're, you know. So this is the size of glass you get it in? It's always about size, yeah. <laughs> schooner Is schooner meaning like it's a boat? In that it's big. Schooner yeah. is the big size, and a midi is the small size. Oh, okay. So in England, that would be like your <clears> half like a, pint. Like a pint and a half, pint. right. Yeah. But I, I don't know what the actual measurement is. I mean, we might might need to take a break and go up online <laughs> and check out what the measurements are of uh, schooner and midi versus pint and half. Let's not get bogged down by logic and reason in this affair of drinking. Thank God for mm. that. <clears throat> You know, we could do an experiment and get some glasses and pour this shit into some glasses and see if it tastes any different. We could really? examine the color. Oh, good. Good <clears throat> idea. Know, I'll go texture. get some glasses. I'll be right back. Okay. Yes. But it's always nice to see the color of your beer. All right. Here I go. I'm going to pour it into the glass. Me too. Oh, you know. Oops. Oh, jeez. Ah, they must have known we were starting the podcast. The jackhammering has begun. Sweet. Nice. So... As compared to American beer, this actually has a pretty good color. Yeah, it's a nice color, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a for those of you who can't see the color at home, yes. it's a it's a, a golden uh, reddish amber yeah. type. So if you've ever had a Killian's red or something like that, it's not quite that red, <clears throat> but it's similar. Similar. Yeah, I would say it's it, this is probably a VB. You know, we're going to have to do a, a part two to this because I'll go down to that place in Sunnyvale <laughs> and I'll get some VB and I'll come back and we'll do an experiment. See, this is, this is just how um, committed the Australian is to the, the oh. Aussie is to their beer. Like for me, I would just be like, yeah, you know, whatever, it's beer. Yeah, they got some better beer over there, but you know, whatever. 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 So uh, as... As have you found that there are misconceptions in America about the Australian, other than the fact that you all know each other? Well, yeah, the fact that we all know each other, <clears throat> and 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 that everybody lives like in a um, survivor-like environment. <laughs> Damn that show! Well, but you know, it's such a good one to to mess with people, and I, I like. There are some myths about Australia. I love to keep up. Oh. You know, I'm not going to come over here and say that, you know, living in Sydney is not that different to living in the Bay Area in that there are streets and cars and houses and shops, <laughs> easy access to groceries. You know, right. you don't have to kill your own food. Right. 
I like to pretend that every Australian is living close to the edge. We're out in the outback. We got shotguns over our shoulders and pistols on our hips. Mm. And we're all fighting to survive. I have to say, I like <laughs> it better in the glass. Yeah, I so do yeah. I. It's the whole, like, the the aluminium. Yeah. It's not tasting the can. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it's been sitting in the can, so mm-hmm. it probably still should taste like the can. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. It tastes way better. Oh, yeah. It'll still give us Alzheimer's. And, <laughs> and just for the sake of irony, I brought out my Blue Moon yes, pint glass did. and I put it in that just because I thought it'd be better. I think you should. And you did. I did. And that's good. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, uh, Australians, yeah. I like to keep the myth up that we're all jumping down the street. We've all got kangaroos that jump through our backyard. and Y'all sing Waltzing Matilda. <laughs> Y'all sing Waltzing Matilda. We're all shooting snakes for dinner. So, sport. Yep. Sport. Yeah. Oh, yes. Huge in Australia. Huge. Right. Now, they have a bunch of sports. I don't think, I think other than soccer, which is barely present here, there is no overlap in sports. Is that right? Well, I mean, like, they've got rugby, which we don't have. They've got cricket. They have cricket? Oh, yeah. Okay, whatever. Best team in the world. <laughs> now, do you know the rules of cricket? Some of them. Yeah, because I've been recommending the uh, London Times uh, podcast, The Bugle, and every week they talk about cricket and i was like damn it i'm learning the rules of cricket so i went on wikipedia and i and i saw a little video about it and the whole thing so just just because we're talking about australia and australia is so or uh, cricket is so big in australia can you tell the listeners the rules of cricket well like how do you score a run uh you run <laughs> all right i'll, I'll explain the rules of cricket uh, uh, okay there's a bowler yes and he has a ball yes and he tries to throw it at a wicket. Yes. Which a wicket is three sticks stuck in the ground with a little tiny stick that on sits top. on top. Yes. And his goal is to knock the little stick off the three sticks. Yes. Good. But. Yes. <laughs> the batsman is in the way. Right. And his goal is to knock the ball in some other direction. Very far away. As far away as possible. And then while. And there's like um, seven or nine or 11 outfielders, and they're in this big circle. And, and, and so the batsman can hit it in any direction he wants. Yep. And the really clever batsman hits it behind him, because yes. that's not what they're expecting. But he's got to watch out for the silly mid-on. Which is a what? <laughs> the silly mid-on? <laughs> it's a fielding position. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And which, where, is that the guy behind him? I don't know. No, that's the wicketkeeper. Oh. <clears throat> right, that is the wicketkeeper. Yeah, but there's like a position between the wicketkeeper and right out, you know, to the to the batsman's, you know, like 90 degrees from the batsman. It's like a 45-degree angle from the batsman is, is this position, which I think is the silly mid-on. And it's this guy that kind of just sits there in this this half crouched position, just waiting for the ball to come because that's a it's a place that they'll like to chip the ball out to, and because if the silly mid on isn't watching, <coughs> it'll slip through his fingers. <laughs> I, I think you win the award for best belch so far in the mm. podcast. That was awesome. I'm gonna mm. see if what I can do to beat that. Thank you for those of you who are offended by belching. <laughs> 
tough. Yeah. That's all you're getting this podcast. Right. Um, I did. I did had a, a coworker once who was offended by it. Um, we were all temps and we had headsets on and we would call each other and then the other person would pick up and then we would just belch into the headset <laughs> microphone which of course the other person has a headset so it's it's like in, it's belching in stereo in their ears oh how cool oh it was awesome yeah. and then of course this woman over the cube wall was like you guys are disgusting <laughs> and we're just like come on it's not like you're farting yeah right <laughs> lighten up lady yeah. you you dunger or you drungo dr- drungo <laughs> Lighten up, you dag. <laughs> just belching over here. Yeah. I mean, this job blows, man. You know it blows. I'm trying to make it a little bit more interesting. Blows like a didgeridoo. Yes, it does. <laughs> I keep choking on the damn stick. You know, circular breathing, is, it's a skill. Oh, and I don't have it. Okay, back to cricket. <laughs> so the biggest problem with cricket is it lasts five, one game lasts five days. Yes. That is ridiculous. It's a test match. Yeah. Yep. And so the bowler bowls to the... To the batsman. Batsman, right. And then he hits it. But there's like a circle that he can hit it out of. And that's like their version of a home run. Yeah, he hits it for six. Right. But if it bounces out of the circle, then it's only four. Right. Yes. Right. And so he hits it as far as he can, and then it's like a it's like a horseshoe pit. So he runs between these two wickets. Yeah, there's like you've got your set of wickets at one end and your set of wickets at the other, and there's two batsmen oh, that, oh, playing right. at the yeah. same time. Right. So you've got uh, it's a, at the end of the pitch. The pitch is the, defined by the wickets. The space enclosed within the wickets. You've got the wicket keeper at one end, you've got the batsman in front, and then you've got the other batsman at the other end. And they... <laughs> just They run between the run two between wickets. between them, yes. Right. So if you hit it for six, which means out of the grounds, you get an automatic six runs. Right. And because, then you can just walk and drink your beer. Yeah. There's, you know, there's yeah. no running well, involved. You know, this is one of the sports that they stop for tea. They stop for a morning tea. They stop for afternoon tea. They stop for lunch. It kind of makes sense. And they sense. stop for dinner sometimes. I don't know. It all depends on how late they play. Right, because it is an all-day, five-day game. Yes. And in Sydney, where I grew up, they used to have the SCG, the Sydney Cricket Ground. And there was a famous place in the Sydney Cricket Ground called The Hill, which is just a hill of grass where all the yobbos would go. The what? The yobbos, another Australian term, Um, although probably used by English people too, but, you know, we're speaking Australia here. Right. So yobbo is, uh, whereas a a drongo is, their their, uh, deficiency is in the sort of hmm, mental, general, being a human being capacity area. The Yobbo, it's more in the social status area, you know. Like they're snooty? No, they're not at all. They're the complete opposite. Oh, they're the white trash? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of person you would invite over to meet your family and they would burp and fart at the dinner table. Right. Not like us classy folks. Not, uh, exactly. That's right. Not at all. We save it for the podcast. So all the yobbos go sit up on the hill and they drink a shitload of beer and they get drunk and they start fights and they forget about the record game. 
Oh, right. So did you hear that thing on the radio recently uh, where uh, they have limited in Australia to these this race called the Big Race, the Great Race? I've never heard of it, quite frankly. Um, <clears throat> but they're limiting people to only 24 cans of beer a day. <laughs> Is that per person or per person. for your team? Oh. Per person. Wow. Yeah, to watch this uh, three or four day long race. Oh, this is the this is the spectators. Yes, the spectators, oh, okay. not now for that- the participants. <laughs> Say that might be more interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get you eliminate the competition much faster. Yeah. That, but way. I mean, I, there's a part of me that's like, oh goodness me, twenty four cans. That's just ridiculous. You know, a slab. Uh, but then. Uh, my anxiety on coming here today when I thought, my God, I've got like eight cans of beer and it's not going to be enough. Yeah. 20, 24 cans of beer. I mean, I understand the will to want to drink more than that, but I don't really understand what kind of crazy towing contraption you're going to need to bring with you to like wheel this in. I mean, are you going to show up with a forklift and just be like, no, no, I'm just coming in with my beer. Where I. <laughs> Beep, beep, beep. Move out, click. That would be totally acceptable. Hey, is there an expression for like get out of my way? Um, it would like pr- clear out or suck a juia or fuck off. <laughs> hey, fuck off! I'm trying to park my beer. Beep, 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 beep. Or nick off, <clears throat> nick off. You stupid bastard. Uh-huh. Um, and does that does that rhyme with something that that has 18 <laughs> steps to get it back to its logical conclusion? <laughs> no. Okay. No. I don't know when Nick off or or uh, rack off. Rack off. Rack off. That's oh my god, that's going back to like, you know, being 10. Rack off, you fucking drongo. That's 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 old school. Rack off. All right, I'm going to go for the second beer pour, see if I can not screw this oh, up. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could probably do it with a top-up myself. Yeah, top-up. I, I wouldn't want anyone to think that the Yank was beating me. Yeah. I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Proud of you. Cheers. Cheers. Congratulations. <laughs> up your bum. Up your bum. <laughs> oh, now, for those people who are trying to master the Australian accent... Clearly, you know, there's there's a lot of confusion for people with not so good of an ear. You know, there's the British accent, the South African accent, the Irish accent, the Scottish accent, and, of course, the New Zealand accent. Now, let's just tackle Australia and New Zealand. Can you describe... Now, one of the things, like, I when I was learning No Worries... I would say it like, you know, it's when it, like when I was learning Chinese, I would say it back to the guy and he would be like, no, that's not right. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm saying the exact words. And they're like, no, 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 your accent's all wrong. And I, when she would say, you know, you got to learn to say no worries. And I would say no worries. She'd go, no, 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 no worries. And it's, it's, it feels like the Australian accent is kind of, I don't know, sort of round and looping in a way. <laughs> Just like that. Bit. Just like that. So, so, but I've heard you talk about the New Zealand <laughs> accent as being what, like flatter? Yes. <laughs> Do you have an example? <laughs> well, the 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 six versus sex. Yes, uh, like, and we like to get Australia uh, New Zealanders to say the word six or fish and chips. 
because okay. a New Zealander would say six for six and would say fish and chops for fish and chips. Fish and chops? <laughs> like, do they even hear what's being said? No, fosh they don't. They're from New Zealand. Fish and chops. <laughs> Now this this is again one of the also I don't think Ameri- uh I don't think we have this kind of rivalry with another country like like Australia has with New Zealand. I mean that is bitter and brutal. It's, it's warm and tender. We have this rivalry in sport but not with you know and we have it with within our own states. You know the the bordering states all hate each other. Um, but, uh, you know, and they make jokes, you know, New York, New Jersey being the classic example. Uh, but if you meet a Kiwi, someone from New Zealand, what can you give them hell about? Um, just about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all sheep farmers they up fuck, there. They like to fuck sheep. Nice. Yep. Um, they're sheep fuckers. They drink warm beer and uh. cold chips and um, that's just about it. Oh, oh! by the way, everybody, I had a successful top-up. No spillage. No spillage. Yeah, Congratulations. And, and not a big head of foam <laughs> on my didgeridoo. <laughs> not too big. Uh, okay, rugby. Speaking rugby, of sport. Yes. Okay. So uh, do you know the rules of rugby? Because I have no idea. Some. Okay. Like, what, what do you do there? They have a scrum. And they all smash heads. No. Oh, wait a minute. Is is rugby the same as Australian rules football? No. Very different. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> this just keeps getting harder. Okay. So, all right. All right. Okay. Okay. You ready? But, okay. I, I, I'm excited about Australian rules football, but let's do rugby first. Okay? Well, I'm going to differentiate oh, between the two great. for you. All right. uh, I, I gotta tell important. you before you get started. Okay, my dream job involves Australian <laughs> rules football. But anyway, go right ahead. And I want to hear what that is. Yeah, you you know, you're gonna figure it out pretty quick. But go ahead. <laughs> I know what mine would be. And now to compare and contrast Australian rules football with rugby, Virginia. Thank you. So, Australian rules football compared to rugby. First of all, the biggest differentiation is geography. Okay. 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 Where I'm from in Sydney, which is the northeastern part, it's on the east coast of Australia, in the middle bit of the coast. Okay. North of Melbourne, south of Brisbane. How about that? So middle, middle eastern section. If you so, want to describe it like that, I would, because I can't figure out any other way. So, <laughs> okay. all right. So, <clears throat> where I'm from. We really couldn't give a shit about Australian rules football. Oh. Eh, we're into the rugby. Rugby. There's the rugby league, and then there's the rugby union, right? Uh-huh. Rugby union is the traditional rugby. The rugby league is a little bit more modernised. Short, sharp games made for TV. It's all about you know all that sort of stuff. Still, excellent game. Great game. Australian rules. It's not that I dislike it, but. I wasn't brought up with it. Uh-huh. Melbourne, eh, different story. I'm from Sydney. Melbourne, they love the Australian rules, right? And it's not even that far mm. away. Eh, it's far enough away. <laughs> but it's like, what, <laughs> 600 miles away or something? It's far enough away, yeah. right? It's a world of difference. A world of difference. Adelaide, 
They love the Australian rules football. You know, it's all of this tall men in tiny little shorts jumping up in the air and grabbing balls and all and, that sort of and stuff. And rugby's all on the ground. All on the ground. So the scrum. scrums and smashing of heads and rubbing of butts and pulling of the, things. The scrum is really something amazing. I don't understand how, how anything gets done in it, but basically... Everybody don't don't they kind of lock shoulders and they all sort of <clears throat> hunker down and then the deal is is they throw the football into the middle of it. Uh, yeah, they, it's like the two sides. They all link arms and and then there's some guys that are behind the guys in the front. And they're all in this big <clears throat> circle. And they're all in this big circle. And the two sides uh, they. Put the ball in the middle and then the two sides smash together and try to, like, get control of the ball. Um, I asked my brother once after a game when I was watching him, and he was a hooker. And what what what, are the, what does the hooker do? It's, that's a position. <laughs> and it's on – I think it's on the outside of the scrum. They try to sort of, like, hook the ball back into the scrum. I'm probably wrong. Okay. <clears throat> so – I asked him, what, what is, what is it, did, you know, the whole, they smashed together really hard. And I said, wow, what was that like? Oh, I see really pretty colors when we <laughs> smash our heads together. Now, there's no pads or helmets or anything in, in either of these games. No. Yeah. No. There are some people are starting to introduce certain bits and pieces, maybe for injured areas that they have, and they might tape their ears down to huh. stop them from being ripped off. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no. And um, this is the this is the thing about both of these sports, Australian rules football and rugby. You'll never see a three hundred pound rugby player. There's just too much running involved. Uh, right. He might be three hundred pounds, but it's all freaking muscle. Well, he'd have to be about nine feet tall. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's both of these sports are just <clears throat> running, constant yep. running. Yeah. Strength and, and swiftness. There are some positions, you know, maybe in the scrum where you want to have some weight on you to be able to mm. shift. But I mean, there's been a guys that from, were like from Fiji and Samoa that have played for the Australian uh, National Rugby Union team. That have been amazing. They're huge, big guys, but they can run and turn on a dime. Wow. It's unbelievable. So here's what I love about Australia. There's a couple of things I love about Australian rules football. Um, Australian rules football is a little different. Um, it's it's um, there's no throwing. There's no overhand throwing of the ball. It's all you bump it like yep. in volleyball, right? Or you <clears throat> kick it. Obviously, the the bump is way more uh, precise, but obviously you can't hit it as, as far. far. And the kick is just really like, I see my mate. He's all the way downfield. I'm just going to kick it, and I just hope he can run to it, you know, before anybody else does. But um, so the way you score in Australian rules football is there's four sets of poles at either end of the field. And your goal goal is to get your the get the ball into the center of the uh, centermost of of the four poles. But if you get it into you know in between poles one and two or in between poles three and four, it's it you still get points. It's just not as many. Many yeah. yes. But here here's my dream job, and here's what I love about Australian rules <gasps> football. Yeah, uh, yep. is. The referees. Yes. They are in these white lab coats 
They are the most, and they wear hats and the little white little white hats, and they they look like just the most uptight, boring people. <laughs> they look like Tom Landry from the Dallas Cowboys head coach in the seventies, like just emotionless and dead. And they're and, like a Stepford wife. Yeah, and and right. I mean, they could be really be replaced by robots, <laughs> and you might not notice the difference. Um, but maybe even robots couldn't replicate that look. <laughs> well, I think actually the reason you would know is that there would be some wily programmer in there that would make it smile or something. And you'd be like, wait a second. Oh, my God. Um, so so the, my favorite thing, and, the, and I don't think I can describe this well enough, but I'm certainly going to try, is that when uh, one of the players gets it through any number of those posts, uh, the, the refs have uh, two flags in their hands. And so they will, you know, thrust both both arms out and say, like, you know, and, and both arms means you got it through the center, too. With flags. With flags. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yes, the flag's very key. <laughs> you, you, and it's a snap, too, which really <laughs> makes the flag jump. And, it's, and so two arms straight out. At a 90-degree angle at the elbow. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's and, – and, and literally, I mean, you – Imagine a robot doing this, and that's the, and I love the drama too yes. because yes. the guy steps out, and then there's like you know a two Mississippi before the flags come out, and you're just sitting on your seat. What did he do? Was it, was it in the center? Was it in the? And, and I tell you, man, if you got you know some money riding on this game, that has got to be the longest two seconds of your life. Whereas you know American refs in 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 American football, I mean, as soon as the guy crosses the plane, the arms go up. <laughs> And it's like, okay, that's celebratory and that's fun, but there's no mystery. There's no trauma to it. Yeah. Oh. Remind me, I don't know. Do they blow a whistle at the same time? Because if they don't, they should. It's Uh, like a climax. Oh, oh, they might. I don't know. It's been a really long time since I've seen it. They, you know, obviously they don't. I think they do. I think they blow a goddamn (laughs) whistle at the same time. I don't think they're as miked in Australian rules football as they are in American television. It's it's just oh, the look of the whistle in the mouth. (laughs) Oh. When the elbows reach that 90-degree angle and they don't move any further, and the flags snap back because of the rigidity of the stop. And the whistle snaps at the same time, and the cheeks puff out, and the face goes red. It's a moment. Yeah, it's really fantastic. And that is one of my... I mean, because it's not a hard job. I mean, you just... Well, I mean, okay, you might get your life threatened a few times. But, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the posts are really far apart. I mean, they may look close on TV, but, you know, there's a good distance between each one. I can't imagine it's too terribly hard to say, like, yes, it went over there and went, no, it went over there. I, I, the other thing I love is um, the announcers. I, I was watching a game and the announcers were, um, uh, they were talking about the health of the players because, yet again, no pads, no helmets, nothing. And he says, uh, oh, that guy's had a uh, dislocated shoulder this year. We've had a whole season of dislocated shoulders. <laughs> I'm like, no. You have a flu season. You have a TV season. You don't have a dislocated shoulder oh, season. Another, another season of complete decapitations, I remember. Yeah. Oh, that was a bad year. Oh, oh he well. lost a nose. Yeah, that was the fifth one. Crikey. <laughs> Crikey. What's the Crikey, whole- bloody Charlie stroke me pink with the blue bag. You know, that's the amazing thing about about the Aussie. There's no in-between, right? Like, it's one or the other. Either it's it's super short or ridiculously <laughs> long. 
Okay, so listen, mm. I, I, I've, I, I haven't completely followed through on one of my educational pursuits oh. with you here today. Oh, great. <clears throat> we spoke about no worries. Right. All right. And then I proceeded to tell you about no wuckers. Right. Right. Um, there's more to that. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you've got no worries, no wuckers, no wuckin' furries. Okay? All right. You with me? Yeah, no. All right. So here it goes. So you say no worries. Okay. You get a little bit drunk. Uh Uh-huh. And you might shorten it to no wuckers. Okay. You get a little bit more drunk and you say, it's all right, mate. No fucking worries. All right? Uh-huh. You get a little bit drunker. Say, oh, it's all right, mate. No walking furries. Walking furries. No walking furries. Walking furries. Right. So now you've completely juxtaposed the two. It's the circle, man. Yeah. It's a full circle. And that's nice <laughs> because you can tell how drunk somebody is by which expression they right. use. No walkers. No yeah. walking furries. We really should have started the podcast uh, suggesting that everybody be drinking so uh, they can keep up with yeah, us. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, food. Oh, have you finished your can? Yeah. You just did that, the final pour? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, you, you've been educating the listeners. I, I'm just standing here doing nothing but thinking drinking. Thinking of other people again. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I ask a question, the question lasts, you know, 10 seconds, and other than my Australian rules football love. Ah, uh, you know what? This is what we totally got to do. What? So this is the two things I want to do in terms of entertainment. I want to go, and, and no one steal this idea, because this idea is... Um, I need a, uh, is there like a, to say, is there an Australian expression? It's like, this is balls. This is awesome. This is great. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> this is tits up. Um, <laughs> I'll think of it later. All right. So, so this is, this is, I love, I, I, I'm in love with this idea. Okay. okay so I want to create um, a, oh, the wife is home. Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, I, I went to um, France one time. You went to where? France. Mm. I went to France, and um, sore ladies' underpants. And uh, I, I um, accidentally ate kidney. Beca- accidentally, yeah, because the uh, the phrase book I had, you know, they well, a they don't cover, they just don't cover every single piece of food ever. They just are organ, right. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, they don't cover things that really should not be eaten. There was no anatomy covered at all. Yeah. Well, that sucks. So, to mm-hmm. avoid... Okay, so you, there has to be some sort of weirdo foods in Australia. Uh, most notably, <clears throat> Vegemite. Uh, weirdo food? Yeah. You're going to classify that as weirdo food? I am barely classifying it as food <laughs> at all. I've had it. It's gross. <laughs> it is ridgy ditch, true blue, dinky dye, Aussie fair, Aussie tucker. That's the that's what we call food. It's Aussie tucker, tucker, tucker. That's right. Which means I'm, food. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 if I'm hungry, if I'm knackered, um, no wait, that's drunk. Sorry. If you're knackered, you're tired. Oh, is that tired? Yes. Jeez. Oh, Okay, so if I'm hungry, peckish, right? If I'm peckish, then I ask you for some taka. 
that how this goes? If you're an English person and well, you're peckish. Yes. <laughs> and I'm in Australia. Australia. Trying to fit in. Right. Desperately trying to fit <laughs> Desperately in. Desperately trying not to look like a pom. A pom? But complaining nonetheless. <clears throat> a pom? Pom? Pom. Is that that's British people? That's yes. Okay. Yes. Now, do you have yes. some sort of flow chart you can show me as how we get to no, Pom? No, you know what? I really don't know about Pom, but I had a Pom explain it to me as meaning prisoner of Mother England. But oh, why would a Pom be called a Pom? Because none of the Poms were, well, some of the Poms were prisoners of Mother England, but it was mainly the Irish that were the prisoners of Mother England in Australia. So, oh, let's just not get into the politics well, of it. I, I would just think, I would just think from an Australian's point of view, like anybody who's in England would be a prisoner of Mother England. Or Australia? Well, maybe. Or I don't England. Know. Because eventually Australia is not part of England anymore, so... Oh, but it is. <laughs> it still is. Really? Yes. In what way? It's still part of the Commonwealth. The Queen is still the head of state. Really? Yes. <clears throat> but you have your own... We have a Prime Minister. Prime Minister. They make, we make all of our <clears throat> decisions, but we have a Governor-General who is the Queen's representative in Australia, and wow. he has to sign off on everything that happens. And it's kind of a formality. Like, the Queen's not going to say, like, no, we don't want you all to do that. I'm going to not approve it. That's a beautiful Queen impression, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Because she's not actually even allowed to do that in her own country. So right. she's not going to do it to us. So we can pretty much do what we like. But her fucking signature has to be on the piece of paper. She's on our currency. What a druger. What a drongo. Drongo. <laughs> what a druger. That's, I think that's a sci-fi term. I, I don't remember very well. But uh, um, wow, that's fascinating. I had I had no idea. Oh, well, this is this is good. good. Uh, now I don't want to get too dry and too boring. No. But like, what? Like, obviously, most American kids have barely any comprehension of American history. Like, what are, like, the big, like, tent uh, tent posts, tent stakes, the fence posts? Um, um, you know, the pillars of the yeah. kids' uh, Australian history lesson. Ooh. Because um, we have, you know, the American Revolution, World War Two. Vietnam, maybe, but most of them actually don't even get into Vietnam. Civil War. Right. So we have, um, you know, Captain Cook found Australia. Uh huh. You know, killed for all the Aborigines. For crunch berries? Looking for <laughs> dangleberries? No, you know, uh, uh, Captain. Yeah, Captain Crunch. He found Australia, didn't he? Okay. Yeah, well, that's similar to Captain Cook. <laughs> Captain Cook. So Captain Cook is British? Yes. And he finds Australia. But there was also another guy called La Perouse, who was a French dude that also found Australia. And then there was a Dutch dude called Van Diemen, who also found Australia. Dude, that is the name of my new death metal band. Van Diemen? Van Diemen! But, well, you know what they used to call Australia? They knew because of Van Diemen, who I think was the first guy to figure out that, that at that end of the planet there was a landmass there of some sort. They used to call it just 
Van Diemen's Land. That's that <sighs> land mess that's down there somewhere. We still don't know what it's like. Well done. Thank you. But it's there. And they call it Van Diemen's Land. No. Okay, so you got these three dudes. Okay. okay. So Australia was only officially discovered by Captain Cook, who I think was the third and final person to actually discover <laughs> Australia. The other two guys are like, nah, that's yeah, right. I don't, it's I, don't, place. I don't need mm. to be here. And um, so the English were looking for somewhere to send their prisoners, the Irish, and they decided let's send them to Australia, not knowing they were going to send them to a freaking holiday resort. <laughs> but at that point, it was not a holiday resort as yet. Uh, there were... Um, uh, uh, but the Great Barrier Reef was still well, there. Well, it that was, was there. It was probably the best it ever was. Um, oh. So, so okay, so there was that. And then there was the colony, and they were whipped and shit, and then people got freed, and they bought houses, and they started to have sex with the aboriginals while we were trying to kill them off at the same time. Um, blah, 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 comes First World War. This is not too different than my education in California public school system. There was a lot of, I don't think it was at the time, but certainly in my brain, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we blah, blah, blah. First World War. Okay, so 1915, 14, 15. Right. You've got the boys that are living in outback Australia and life is boring. They want some excitement. They want to see the world. And, of course, the Australian government uh, is happy to sell the idea of joining the army and going to fight the Hun as as a great adventure. So you've got boys as young as 15 years old oh. going and signing up just to get away from these small towns. And these... <clears throat> This is the first moment that Australia creates, well, white Australia creates an identity for itself in that they come together, they fight on, on the, in the name of Mother England, most of them are good Irish boys, and fight like crazy, get mowed down as cannon fodder for the English at English, at Gallipoli, and fight bravely. And the Australia gets the uh, the mythos and the legendariness of the Anzac, which is the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps. Miriam's <laughs> making it sound like there's a Penn Station in here. It's just people walking back and forth, and we're just doing this educational <laughs> podcast. Like, like I feel like she's she's the troops going off to war. Hey Miriam, can exactly. you walk? Can you walk through one more time? We and we'll, we'll talk give about a little bit of gunfire. Okay. Tell All me right. when she's coming. Here she comes. Okay. I couldn't hear her walking by at all that time, could oh, you? Yeah. Um, well, that was okay. So, what's Gallipoli again? Gallipoli is a place in Turkey that uh, the English. <clears throat> sent the Australians into these beaches that were like two centimeters wide and then there were like gigantic cliffs and the Turks were at the top of the cliffs shooting at the Australians as they were trying to land on the beaches. A lot of guys died. Uh, A lot of guys dug in and held their positions and gained some ground, but not a lot. Um, and it so def- it's the it's the D Day of World Australia. War One, exactly. And yeah. it was a place that Australia really uh, got to define itself and f- define its sense of character and who we are as a people. And um, it was shared with the New Zealanders, and we 
found that we're pretty tough, crazy motherfuckers and that, you know, you put a, put our backs against the wall and we'll, we'll fight back. <clears throat> so uh, until 1985 or something, whenever the Foster's campaign starts, <laughs> is there anything notable in Australian history between 1919 and, and 1985 uh, that we should know? Uh, no, not really. Okay, great. Well, I think we're. I think I think we've uh, exhausted as much as uh, Australia as as I can think of. Unless there's something you think we need to to bring up. Oh, there are endless things. Endless, yeah. endless things. All right. Well, give me give me three to go out on. Three endless things. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> well, I could talk a hell of a lot more about the uh, the diggers. You haven't the mentioned an- them at all. The Anzacs. They're known as diggers because they had to dig in, dig in the trenches. Oh, in World War One. World War One. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that'll put us asleep. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the Australians love to spin a yarn. It's a tradition. It's something we like to do. Uh huh. Why I hate the show Glee, and I will not watch it. Mm. Amen, sister. Yes. <laughs> many, many reasons, but the core reason, right? Right. Is first freaking pilot fucking episode, right? Right. They have whoever the fucking Ponce de Leon is that's supposed to be teaching these kids, right? Why, why, why did you use Ponce de Leon as your frame of reference? Like, who the hell is listening to this? No, I don't even know who Ponce de Leon is. And I love obscure references. <laughs> I mean, I know he's old and dead, but I'm not going to go farther than that. It's just the name. Hey, Miriam, you know who Ponce de Leon is? Ponce de Leon, fabric merchant. <laughs> yeah, Miriam's going to weigh in with somebody French. Yeah. Of course, and yeah. he sells fabric. <laughs> Need I say more about this man's character? All right, so Pon- the Ponce de Leon character. Right. Whoever he is, is teaching, and there's a disabled person in the class, and the reference is, I'm disappointed in you to the disabled person. I expected more effort from you. Uh, first of all, lame line. <laughs> Secondly, a complete ripoff of Mr. G from Summer Heights High and it was so much betterly executed <laughs> you have been drinking in that show <laughs> yeah so for so for people who don't know Summer Heights High is um it's it's an Australian show um and it's and the the ma- there are three main characters all played by the same guy and um it's if you like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, if you like a good, awkward comedy, um, it's fantastic. Because the three characters are the effeminate um, uh, uh, drama instructor, Mr. G. Uh, there's the Tongan boy who lives in Australia. What's his name? Jonas. Jonah. Jonah. And the... The teenage girl who went to the private school but is slumming it in the public school. Jemai. Which, on paper... It's a cultural experience. On paper. Because she wants to understand the poor. 
on paper looks like Jamie, but it's yeah. got an odd, uh, uh, you know, accent. And so she calls herself Jamey. Um, it is it is really fantastic. HBO was running it. It's it's you know in the tradition of all the British sitcoms that you know and love. It's only like eighteen or twelve episodes or something like that, or nine. I think it's it's more. It's really short. It's more like yeah. nine episodes. He's actually starting a new one with the ABC in conjunction with HBO, and it's on. Uh, being but, a but man. the ABC is Australian Broadcasting Commission. Uh huh. Right. And not ABC, the American network. No, no, right. no, 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 no. Okay, yes, good. Yes, 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 yes. Good. And does that? Do you know the title of it? No, I don't. Well, anyway, if you want it, if you want to see something really funny and and something that's certainly you know, if you're bored with American television and and you want a totally different experience, <laughs> this is it, man. Summer High Tie is uh, hilarious. It's very funny. I don't usually like the awkward comedy, and I loved it. Um, so, uh, definitely, as Adam Carolla would say, do yourself a favor and check it out. Um, or as Molly Meldrum would say, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, Australians will know what I mean. Yeah. All you, if you listen to this podcast, then we can say one person understand that reference who listened to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, um. I guess uh, I guess we're done. I suppose. Yeah, sure. I know. Unless there's anything else you'd like to ask me. Uh, no, no. I'm, I I went. I I can actually say I read the paper correctly this time, <laughs> as opposed to all the other times where I've had to amend things in later podcasts because I couldn't read the paper right, <laughs> which is so dumb because like it's on the paper. How hard is it to read? I know. And yet, uh, except for that last piece, piece scribbled on the bottom there. Misconceptions. We already did that. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was somebody's signature. <laughs> I was in a hurry, and I didn't have a flat writing surface, so I was just kind of you know on the back of my hand. Okay. Um, so um, uh, thanks, cheers, mate. The cheers. Cheers. Uh, up your bum. Up your bum. <laughs> Should we try to actually clink the glasses? All right. Here, let's do it in your yeah, microphone. Yeah. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. So, for all of you drinking at home, from me, from Virginia, for Tyler Durden and the music of Bright Brown, thanks for drinking. Take a visit off to Australia, and we'll see you next time. Till then!